You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 275, Flaw. Hosted by Dan Terry. All right, bitch. And Joseph Wren. Let's go back to you with the boombox. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you get up again but forgot to bring your DJ, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. New Metal May 2022 comes to a close. Despite all of its flaws... We're going out on a big one. Are you excited to talk about Flaw, dude? I mean, I thought I was excited to talk about Flaw. Do I, do I, Joe, do I not like new metal? I'm starting to get concerned. Maybe all these years, Dan talking about his new metal beginnings and listening to Flaw and how great they were. Was it all a ruse, Dan? Were you secretly always against new metal? I mean, I wouldn't say it was a ruse. If I was going to put on a ruse, I would say that I hated new metal, but secretly loved it, right? Uh, no, I don't know. With, with Flaw, this was this was weird because I remember liking Flaw. I, I like that song Payback, where he's like, I'm taking all you bastards to the ground with me. You know, like I thought that was super cool. Uh, I like the dude's singing voice. I pretty much, you know, spoilers, I pretty much like the entire debut album. But after that, I just, I'm, I'm having, I'm having trouble. And uh, I don't know, are we just, are we running out of good new metal bands to talk about on the show? We might have to reach out to the Dean himself and get some recommendations if we decide to continue New Metal May next year. It's been a long six-year run. I get excited every May, but this year has been a challenge. But then we put Flaw on the schedule, and I got excited again because this band, if you could point and say it's new metal, I think you can. I think this band persists as a new metal band who didn't stop playing that style, but had to coexist for the last 20 years with bands that were not playing that style. Some of these early albums remind me of every band I went to high school with. That includes us. Some of those same melodic choices and, okay, the guitar is going to sound like ten 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 ten, and the vocals are just going to be melodic and have no real structure or melody uh it'll be fine guys it's gonna be heavy we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show up with our baggy pants and our chains and our belt buckles wait i'm getting my eras crossed help me out here dude is that it because i feel like guys who listen to flaw just like drive lifted trucks <laughs> and go to the honky tonk to pick up single moms is that right how many I don't know. single Maybe moms do you think are at the honky tonk just asking Apparently, an uncomfortable amount, <laughs> right? But I don't know. Uh, Flaw. I feel like okay. I don't want to. I don't want to drop the trapped bomb on them because they're better than trapped. But they're a breed of new metal bands that came sort of later in the uh, later in the style's life lifetime, right? So they're not playing new metal in the style of Corn or in the style of Slipknot. They're, they're playing, you know, alternative, what, what people would call alternative metal now, right? Um, they, they, they are tagged as a new metal band first and foremost, but people also refer to them as alternative metal or hard rock. And I think all of that's true. It's weird because I think that Flaw's independent albums and a super random album that they dropped in 2009 uh, are very, very new metal. And everything else to me sounds like smooth as glass, sort of sort of radio friendly songs, which is fine. I mean, radio friendly is radio friendly, right? I mean, I, I'd never hold it against somebody that just wants to pay their bills making music. And you're gonna be like, yeah, dude. Well, what about Papa Roach? What about all that? <laughs> uh, well, all all I gotta say is that I feel like Flaws had a bit of a harder time than uh, than, than Papa Roach has. It feels that way, and. I don't remember how many weeks ago it was from the recording, but Flaw was featured on an episode of Late Night with Stephen Colbert in a skit. I can only assume he doesn't listen to the band, but maybe he does. And it was to buy Flaw a van. If you're still trying to get a van in 2000, whatever year that was, I honestly can't remember how long it's been since I saw that. But it was pretty funny. You've had a well, hard time. And I don't know why this band had a hard time other than... They didn't change that much. I think there was an expectation with how music changed in the late 2000s, 2010s, obviously. This band never goes modern metal. Thank God. I don't know. I feel like they, could, they, they might have benefited a little bit uh, 
from going more modern metal. I mean, look at Dry Kill Logic. I mean, they they were they were really good, and then they became really great. Uh, Il Nino sort of did that, right? Like went from went from kind of a new metal start to a more modern metal uh, ending. You realize this I'm, is war, right? As far as I'm concerned, that band is completely dead in the ground. So uh, <laughs> they, they they lost the, the the biggest thing that makes them special. Um, but with Flaw, you've got the classic case of a lead vocalist that was in a successful band that has sort of kept hold of the band all this time. At least kept kept hold of the of the name and the brand. Uh, we see this all the time, and um, it's interesting to see how similar they sound over time based on like the revolving door of, of band members. Uh, and then we get to a really interesting uh, a really interesting point in the career that we'll get to when we get to it, uh, where the band uh, may or may not have uh, been, you know, keeping the sound alive exactly, you know, by themselves. I don't know if that was a good way to explain it or not, but uh, you, you'll get it. You'll get it later. Well, before Dan and I discuss what may be this band's only fatal flaw, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews and our Discord server. Take it away, Dan. You guys know what five-star reviews are, right? You should leave us a five-star review wherever you can. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, if you're if you're in a restaurant, you're ordering food, you know, like, on the back of the receipt, you should write, like, check out discography discussion, discussmetal.com. But uh, another cool thing you can do is join our Discord server. Uh, you guys may or may not have noticed that uh, social media is something of a dying breed. I'm not here to make a bunch of statements about social media, but... I do want to say that if you guys want clear communication with the guys behind the podcast and other listeners, head on over to our Discord server. There will be a link in the show notes. Discord is really where we're at most of the time and is the easiest way to get a hold of us. So make sure you sign up. Come by and say, hey, we'll probably make jokes about pizza as soon as you arrive because that's kind of a thing that we like to do. <laughs> so we, we, we hope to see you guys there. You can join our Discord at discord.discussmetal.com. Do it. We got a comment on YouTube in reference to the Andrew WK episode. I'm a little scared to read this one because... Uh, well, I mean, if you guys thought the Papa Roach episode was bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Papa Roach episode was much more negative. Uh, Electrifying CT says, really enjoyed listening, fellas. I like hearing your discussion on the topic. And you even read out some of Andrew WK's comments on some albums, especially 55 Cadillac. You all pretty much get it. But I wasn't sure if you all realized that Andrew WK's entire music career is just a work. Do I realize that? I, I, I would say that in that discussion, I was the least interested uh, in the topic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't necessarily know for certain that he, that it's all just sort of a sort of a big in joke. But uh, I don't know if I cared enough to, to find out. How dare you tell me that Andrew WK, the king of the party, is working all of us with his music career. How dare you, sir? How dare you indeed? If Weird Al Yankovic can have a career and be as entertaining as he is, writing new words to mostly other people's songs, he does some of his own stuff too, let's be honest. Some of that stuff is amazing. Albuquerque indeed. I'm just kidding, dude. Everybody should love listening to Andrew WK as much as we did. I know Dan secretly enjoyed the first album. He just doesn't want to admit it on... He just doesn't want to admit it on the podcast because he doesn't like to have fun sometimes. But Andrew WK, it's a fun listen. Even the weird stuff in the middle, if it does turn out to be some multi-decade avant-garde art piece in a few years, I'm cool with that too. I'll be able to look back and say I was one of the people that bought into the party king. I'm happy that it makes you happy. I find myself <laughs> saying that. Find that saying find myself saying that a lot these days. Are we doing this? It's time. So, Dan, tell me and the listeners all about one of the best new metal bands of all time, Flaw. 
Why would you load? Why would you preload that? I don't. I don't have. <laughs> I don't have a lot of good things to say about Flaw. You're setting people up for an experience that they're not going to get, which is exactly what Flaw does on their on their major debut. But uh, we'll get to that. Flaw is an American new metal band from Louisville, Kentucky, so not too far from Discuss Metal headquarters. Um, but they have been around since about 1996. And they actually put out some independent records prior to being signed to. I think it was Universal that signed them on their first record. Uh, yeah, Universal Republic. That's what I thought. Uh, and then they've kind of just been existing either by recording things on their own or uh, just some smaller independent labels since then. Like I alluded to earlier, Flaw has had kind of a, a rough time <laughs> as a band just sort of getting getting started. I think they had a really strong start. And it was not all that different than other new metal bands from around that time. But, uh, you know, you, you know, a band is having a little bit of a hard time when they need to, like, record an independent album, but they don't have any money. So they order everything that they need from the musician's friend catalog, record the album with that equipment, and then, you know, return it within 30 days. We love you, musician's friend. Wow, dude, are you actually talking about 1997's American Arrogance by the band Flaw? Good luck trying to find this one. I was able to find it on a popular video streaming service because that's what you have to do sometimes with these impossible-to-find albums. I like how raw it is. I like how much it sounds like the band got their first four-track and did the best they could. It's fine. But this is not the band that we're going to get in a few years. Well, I mean, they got, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they, they got like they got a four track recorder. Yes. But like if they were going to return all the equipment anyway, why didn't they just like, I don't know, order better equipment? No, I'm <laughs> kidding. It's, it's an independent record. Uh, it's raw as fuck. It is probably one of the most new metal records I've ever listened to. Um, like our, our, our lead singer here is going for the throat vocally. He's got a nice melodic singing voice that he likes to mix with some, yes, actual rapping, because all the all these bands rap back in the day. I don't care what they said in interviews after they signed to a major. They all used to fucking rap on their independent releases. Absolutely. So there's lots of that. Um, I love, I mean, I, I like this, I like this album quite a bit just because of how raw it is. It gives the band an edge that I think sort of, goes away uh, as the band gets more clean and you know into an actual studio they, they rub all of the cool edges off of this and uh, I don't know I miss the I miss that like low quality guitar chug that only existed in the late 90s and early 2000s and then you step into a studio and they plug you into a pedal of some kind and then all of a sudden you sound all clean and smooth and beautiful but I, I like hearing the feedback ring out out of the amp because th these were clearly recorded with just like straight but like maybe one distortion pedal goes into an amp and then the amp is mic'd you know but they but the mic is like two or three feet away from the actual amp is the only way i can really describe it you got to scoop those mids out too you got to have your drop d one and a half steps down so you're in b doing your best cold chamber impression and just riff on those bottom three strings. That was new metal back in the day. That was four-track new metal recordings back in the day. It sounds raw. It sounds boxy. Did it sound good? It was the best we could do at the time. And I love it. But it's not as good as their next independent release, 1998's Flaw. The paper CD. Good luck finding this one, too. I'm watching their band camp every day, waiting for it to just appear so I can buy it in lossless flack, and it'll still sound like this because, well, it's it's the self-titled flaw. Yeah, just because you take a CDR, you know, from your paper CD that was all 128K MP3s burned to a disc, and then you rip that to flat. Yeah, sure, it'll give you a flack perfect copy of that, but not all copies are uh, are made equal. Uh, this sounds a little bit more like the flaw that we're going to be really talking about more. You know, like they're... I think this record is better than the first independent release, but not that much better. It, the first independent release was very, very, very heavy. This is very heavy and has sort of that lower production value. But the melodic singing is more prevalent. There's better choruses, better songwriting. I don't think that the band is quite there yet, 
but I can totally understand how they ended up getting a record deal off of this because somebody was like, yeah, I could actually see these guys going on and doing the damn thing. And uh, I think that they did that extremely well. I'm sorry for just breezing over these albums, but like we can't, we can't find them. <laughs> if somebody wants to send Joe the paper CD, send him, send him the paper CD. He'll, he'll be very happy to get that. Absolutely. But uh, I'll no, even pay I the think, postage. I think that the, they were definitely starting off as something special. I think the first independent release, they sort of just sounded like any other new metal band that was out there. We had similar comments about Papa Roach, how their early stuff were just really wasn't close enough you know to, to what they actually got popular doing and granted we have the benefit of hindsight on a lot of this stuff but um they definitely got their shit together and they ended up signing with universal and putting out the album that we all really want to talk about which is through the eyes 2001 payback's a bitch that's a great way to describe this album and how I felt the first time I heard it. I can't say I heard it in late 2001 because as we have been talking about a lot this New Metal May, 2001 post-September was not fun. People wanted positive music. They wanted more of that POD. And what they got, if they hung on long enough, was revenge. Audio revenge. New Metal revenge. And Through the Eyes is a great example of what Flaw would become. It's very much old school new metal at a time when new metal was trying to move forward and be more radio hard rock, a little less corn limp biscuit, a little more Linkin Park. And here is Raw Flaw. I have such nostalgic feelings for this album, but it always reminds me of 1998, not 2001. My timeline's off a little bit with this one. I think it sounds basically like 2001. What you have with Through the Eyes is a alternative metal, new metal sort of thing. And whenever I say alternative metal, what I'm describing is, you know, what do you do with bands like uh, like Seven Dust? I would consider them to be alternative metal. You headbang um, at the show and run as hard as you can into your neighbor. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I guess the distinction that I'm trying to make here is like, to me, new metal bands are bands that have, you know, a stronger rap influence. They've got a funky bass. They've got uh, they've got an aggressive vocalist. So, like, there are elements of new metal in this, especially this record. Uh, but what you have predominantly is a smooth vocal mixed in with some sort of heavy riffs, but very smooth. Like you say, it's raw flaw. I don't think this is raw at all. Like this is this is very very smoothed out. It's not dynamically pleasing for me because back in 2001, every record producer wanted every record to sound the same because they were probably trying to either uh, mix it for MP3, maybe, or uh, they just they were trying to take it and make it one chunk of sound so that they could amplify it up and make it as loud as humanly possible. But I don't think that the riffs really ring out on this record like they did on the independent stuff. That said, this is very well produced. But again, I can't I can't really put it in the same category as like a band like Corn or a band like System of a Down or uh, it's it's definitely much closer to hard rock to me than it is metal. Like it still has metal elements. I don't know. It's like a like eating a, a eating a chocolate chip cookie, right? Versus like a, a, a sugar cookie. A sugar cookie would be like your would be like your uh, breaking Benjamin's a bad example because they're kind of the same way. <laughs> Um, but it's like, you know, or that seated Spider-Man where it's like, yeah, go ahead and put some nuts in those cookies for me. You know, something I can crunch up or I'm probably quoting that wrong anyway. Sorry if I'm off the my fuck, game dude? tonight, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to describe flaw. Should I start over? I should, I might start over. Let's see. Uh, I, Joe's going to leave it all in anyway. So. Let me, let me, let me take a shot here to get you out of this one. Is it more third strike than it is taproot? No, it's definitely more taproot. I agree with you that it's smoothed out. I'm not saying it's raw in raw sounding. It's a thin, basic, new metal mix. There's not a lot of layers going on here. We didn't add 17 layers of guitars, throw a keyboard over it, have a DJ constantly spinning records like DJ Lethal, making all the sound effects and everything. For the most part, what you're hearing is the band and the vocals. And it's very mellow, very Fear Factory at times. Not as technical as Fear Factory, but it has that baritone, mellow presentation. 
it's fun to listen to. It makes it sounds good. I think it sounds really good. Payback's my favorite song on the record. If you've never watched the video for Payback, it is. I, 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 I'm not going to say that it's a good video, and I won't, but uh, I, I do think it's a cool video in that it's every single thing that was happening in music in 2001. But I remember thinking, like, oh my God, this band is so fucking brutal. Because, like, there's, like, worms crawling. A, a, a girl wakes up in the middle of the woods in a bed. Doesn't know how she gets there. And there's, like, again, worms. So many worms in the video. And uh, she's, like, wandering in the forest. And she's seeing, like, you know, pig heads on a pike and stuff. And I was like, holy shit. This is, like, some really, really metal imagery here. And this is obviously, like, the band and the label trying to push flaw as something Something really that they're not, <laughs> you know, and uh, especially in 2001. Yeah, I mean, they look how they sound. Um, it's very just, just go watch the we'll, we'll link it in the in the show notes, the, the video for, for payback. But uh, I what I don't like, though, and this is what I don't like about flaw in general, is that you've got the song payback, which is like, yeah, in your face, fucking right on. Let's go. And then you get my letter. And on this record, I think that the, the the softer songs, like the ballads and the heavy songs, are very are perfectly mixed. There's there's a good balance of heavy and melodic, and I mean it's all dosed out, or it's all yeah, dosed out. I guess that's a word now, dosed out, uh, in a way, divvied out in a way that is very predictable but pleasing to most listeners. Uh, and I like the guy's voice. I like that it's a little bit deeper. It's a little bit more baritone. He is able. He is able to communicate emotion without whining, uh, which is a big plus in my book. So, like, I think that I think that it makes him more relatable uh, to the demographic, which probably, let's see, would have been like 16 to 25 year old males Absolutely. in 2001. So, yeah, I mean, I really like this record. I, I there's OK, Joe, this is why I'm having trouble with the listeners. Like, what the hell is wrong with Dan tonight? Here's here's. <laughs> Here's what's wrong with me. I want to compare this band directly to another band that I like, but nobody's going to get the reference. I mean, there's one the couple guys might uh, that were in the band, uh, but that band is a band that we went to high school with called First Light. I mean, the the riffs, the vocals, the, the the song structures. And I'm saying that I'm not saying that First Light wanted to be Flaw or that Flaw had ever heard of First Light. But they definitely organically grew to do basically the same thing <laughs> from from different uh, from different backgrounds, and they sound so similar that I, it's hard for me to get it out of my head. Uh, this is a band that we went to high school with, and um, we're very good friends with the band members. And uh, shout to the out point to where Rob, they, Chris, and Joe. Yeah, they were they were kind of. In a lot of ways, they were a band that we were always trying to be like. You know, do not not necessarily sound like them, but but to have to, we wanted to take our influences and put them on display the same way that that they did. And so uh, I remember distinctly us uh, going to a high school assembly, and First Light was allowed to play like one or two songs, but then this mosh pit broke out, and uh, they had to break it all up, and they had to ask the band. And so, like, if you do, if if you're in a rock band in your high school, and you play so fucking hard at your school assembly that the show has to be shut down, okay, you just became everybody in that school's favorite band, like straight up. It doesn't matter what you sound like, doesn't matter what your talent level is. If that happens, you are the greatest band on the face of the earth for at least 200 people. Do you think that my original observation fits here? Then you have mellow baritone coal chamber influenced new metal it's that melodic new metal that was trying to be serious but it didn't want to be trapped it didn't want to be the radio band that got mixed a certain way because we're going to sell millions of albums by playing your songs in your nearest retail location for the next 20 years the band still wanted to just be a metal band yeah the dude sings about things and he's trying to convey emotions and he's trying to get through to the listener i like what you said earlier about payback the band is just trying to do their thing and yeah it reminds me of that band but everybody reminded me of that band 
No, I know. It's just it's frustrating because I wanted to just out of the gate make that comparison. And if it had been any other band, I would have just done it. But I was like, who's nobody's gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about. So like the whole point's gonna be moot. Is there first light material that's like available that we could link? I will do my best to get one of them to put that shit on Bandcamp so we can link to it. Yeah, high quality flack. I'll even rip my CD if they don't have it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Well, you know, there's no copyright on it. We could we could drop a first light song at the end of the. I'm not going to do at the that. end of the episode. Not I'll ask Rob. That. I'll ask Rob. Dude, let's call anyway, him. Let's call him right now. Do we call him? Let's call him. I've got him. Now get on. that fucker on the phone. Hey, you reached Rob. Sorry, couldn't answer the phone. But if you leave me a message, I'll call you back as soon as I can. At the tone, please record your message. Hey, Rob, you're really glad you didn't answer this phone right now. Uh, we're recording a podcast. We're talking about Flaw, and we decided at this exact moment that one of you needs to create a First Light band camp and release that EP and anything else you want to put online so that we can link to it and make people come buy it and listen to it because that's that's just what we decided. Say hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Party I on. mean, hi, Rob. <laughs> All right, so that's a thing that happened. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have more news on that coming soon. Anyway, if you like Flaws Through the Eyes, then you will love First Light's EP that I think is just called First Light. But what I'm saying is these are alternative rock bands with beefed up guitars that have very smooth vocals that throw some screaming and some heavy riffs in every now and again to keep the new metal fans interested. I consider almost anything that came out after 2001 that's in the style of new metal to be like second wave and in a lot of cases, second tier. Uh, <laughs> but and I, it sounds like I'm being negative on this album and I'm trying not to be because this is the one I like the most. Uh, I think this was a really good promising album by Flaw and this might be the most generic thing I've ever said on the show, but I really wish that going forward in the career, the band had continued to explore their heaviness. Because like there's some there's some fucking bouncy shit on this record. Like the song Hole. What about what about Get Up Again, right? I mean that shit is great. Although Joe, I don't get I do not get the comparisons to Cold Chamber. Can you can you explain that to me one more time before we move on to the next album? Because Cold Chamber is a lot more interesting than this. Ignore the vocals for a second and pay attention to the guitars. You put that thing in drop D, you tune it down one and a half tones, so you got a low B. And the drums are just grooving it out. It's the bottom half of the coal chamber sound. The only thing that it's missing is the dissonant high notes that they would throw in sometimes. I just can't see Flaw doing a cover of Shock the Monkey with uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I just, I don't see it. But what if they did? Then they would be like, why did you do that? That's exactly what Coal Chamber did. Anyway. What if they if covered some Phil Collins stuff later on? Okay, well, we'll see about that. I think that I think that if you're having trouble following how we feel about this record, I think we both like it and think that you guys you you guys should check it out if it's the only album you ever listened to by Flaw. Does that does that seem accurate to you, Joe? I don't know, dude. I think everybody should listen to Through the Eyes and they should listen to Endangered Species 2004. Medicate starts off very strong. When I heard Medicate for the first time, I was like, all right, let's fucking go. You know, let, like, let's do this. We're It's through the eyes part two. We're good. We're good to go. We're fantastic. We're wonderful. Endangered species come in. I'm like, yeah, let's do this shit. And then recognize comes on. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. It's pretty normal for bands like this to, you know, kind of slow their shit down. I guess, I guess it's fine. Then wait, then wait for me comes on right after recognize. What the fuck kind of sequencing is that? In case you don't know what I'm talking about, the first two songs are bangers. The next two are not. I like to keep my energy level up, especially in 2004, okay? I'm listening to this record trying to like it because I'm trying to justify the 10 bucks that I spent on it. But then I'm also like, shit, I could just go listen to fucking Zayo because it's uh, it's 2004. So I I was listening to a lot of Zayo. So this is the mistake that we all made playing shows back in the day. You start off with your heaviest song. Then you play another heavy song. Then you got to slow it down. I want to give some advice to all the bands that are booking their first show, their fifth show, their 10th show. If you're still around after that, congratulations. You have made it further than 95% of all bands. Don't play your soft songs if the crowd is there to destroy each other. If nobody knows who you are, play your heaviest, best 
shit at the beginning, the middle, and the end. When you become Gatlin and John Drake is your lead singer, you can sing all the pretty shit you want because at that point, the people are there for that. But don't do that when you're starting out, guys. Always make an I impact. Mean, Destroy d- the crowd with your heaviness. Always. This record goes banger, banger, slow song, slow song, faster song, but still not heavy. This band doesn't get, he- let's see, one, two, three, four boring, slow butt rock songs. And then you finally get to track seven. You've changed. And thank God they have, because now we sound like flaw again. We're, we're, we're heavy. This is the this is the band that I was promised in that video for payback. This is the band that I this is the band that I want to hear whenever I say the words flaw. Okay, I realize that's one word, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why, why, why make why play four slow songs? I'm asleep by now. The A side of this record has two bangers, and that's it. And then you get to the B side, and it starts banger again. Nobody was listening to vinyl back then, anyway, so whatever. Turn the tables keeps it sort of heavy, you know. I don't usually do track by tracks, but I'm trying to make a point about sequencing, so bear with me here. Um, Worlds Divide has a cool bass intro, and then it turns into a, just a fucking absolute drag that is just really, really, really hard for me to get through. I mean, I I don't know, man. Decide comes in, and I'm like, holy shit, it's Creed. I'm listening to Creed right now. Wow, dude, really? You're going to invoke the name Creed on this episode, the end of New Metal May 2022? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look for it, guys. We'll t- we're going to talk about Creed in 2023. I may have to start drinking again before we do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do this show to intentionally torture myself, but holy shit. I admit, the album is not as solid as it could be with a reorganization of the tracks. I have nostalgia for that mistake. You put your heavy songs up front, and then you just load it up with slow songs. It strikes me as the band was struggling to write heavy riffs, and that was what they had, and they just went for it. I've been Ooh, there that's too. That's going to be important. That's going to be important later. <laughs> the, the band, the band struggling to write riffs. Well, let's talk about the album Dan wants to talk about. 2009 homegrown studio sessions. So I don't know anything about this record, to be honest. I mean, I listened to it. I listened to it a bunch of times. Um, and it's another one that's kind of hard to find because obviously like, let's address the elephant in the room through the eyes came out 2001 endangered species came out in 2004. And then the band is basically just gone. There, there is a behind the scenes video on YouTube that I, that I didn't watch, but you know, that's, that, that's a mistake that I made. Um, (laughs) this is flaw playing like everything that they kind of know. And it's a. It's a really fucking raw and gutsy, like, new metal type of album that also has some butt rock thrown in it because it's flaw, right? But, like, it's really raw butt rock because it's not produced in a million-dollar studio, which is how you develop that really, really good butt rock sound. Uh, but I, I don't really like the songs on this record very much. Like... I don't think the songs are super strong, but I think that the overall vibe and sound is like, I think that this was a cool idea. I think like, it's literal like, too. I think this is them in their basement with mic set up and record. The vocals are clean. The guitars have that gritty, heavy new metal sound. And then the drums are just struggling to be there. Like the person recording the tracks didn't know how to record drums. Let's go back to 2009 for a second, shall we? There were no tutorials on the internet how to record heavy drums. Today, there is a plethora of those. We have technology. It hasn't been that long since making an independent record was still kind of difficult. And this sounds to me like demos for a new album, or let's just do something in the basement like we used to, guys. Our fans will appreciate it. And we don't have all the stress of dealing with the studio time. Not everybody thrives in a studio environment, especially an old school environment where everybody gets their own day or days to record layers and layers and copies and copies of their riffs and their vocals. Maybe the band just wanted to make a real album. I feel like I've heard that from you and I before. So it rings true. 
that roughly 10 years after this band appeared, they just want to get out of the music business and back into the let's just be heavy for once. So this is what happened, right? So through the eyes of endangered species suffered from the same sort of problems that a lot of these bands went through between 2001 and 2004, whereas new metal just kind of went away for a while and it didn't come back for a very long time, not until like the mid 20 teens, right? It took a while. So there was a long time where it wasn't cool to be a band that played this style of music. Uh, all the bands that were great whenever this band put out Through the Eyes were, are now bands that people cringe whenever you mention. And obviously, like, well, I'll just say it. Th- th- these records, were, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't sell very well. Shocker, right? Um, and it's not, it's not their fault if these records had come out. Like, like, if Through the Eyes had come out in, like, 1997 and Endangered Species had come out in 1999, they'd probably be, like, the biggest new metal band in the world. You know what I mean? Like they, they would probably be like the biggest new metal band in the world. But unfortunately, they just they they came late to the party, <laughs> and uh, they broke up after this. They they were gone. Flaw basically did not exist in any real form uh, until 2009. And the reason they got together and made this album essentially was they were starting over as, as a band. They're like, okay, we're Flaw. We do have fans, you know. Uh, even in 2001, if your if your if your debut album is a commercial failure, you still probably have a sizable enough amount of fans to to continue as a band. Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit with Edema because Edema also didn't really uh, take off the way that they could have, right? But with with Flaw, unfortunately, they didn't they didn't have the star power of even a band like Edema, so they ended up just getting dropped by the record label there's no reason to stick around and basically they all they you know they get their lineup back together or rather their their core members get the lineup back together and they recorded this album essentially as another independent album in order to attract label attention which is kind of what flaw does it's it's the flaw formula at this point i think the songs are interesting but it's an independent release it's not the same band from a production standpoint but i like the songs if they took a break or the band just didn't exist and now they're back writing new music, it sounds like they're trying to push themselves a little bit, but it's still flaw. It's still new metal, and that's what I'm here for. And it would be the last thing anybody had from this band until 2016's Divided We Fall. Are you ready for Flaw to embrace their 2002 selves? They come in real, real hard on this one for for being, I mean, okay, hard for Flaw, right? Um, you could definitely tell everybody's a little bit year, a little bit more years older than they were before. Um, the, the, the aggressive vocals are aggressive, but you also have to understand that for whatever reason, the rapping, that's not really even rapping. It's, it's some more Jacoby Shattuck shit, but, uh, you it's, shut your mouth, sir. <laughs> it's, it's as aggressive as they, as, as they could be while still being true to their original selves. And yeah, I really, really, really liked the opener of this album. I like that they are all about the sort of uh, studio harmonized vocal. You know, the, the 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 dual vocal track. You know, gives the give the song a um, sense of importance. I wanted to say inflated sense. I feel like I'm being really mean for basically no reason, but uh, yeah. I mean, I think that they they balanced this record a lot better than they have ever balanced a record before, and I don't know if that's them, but they they kind of front load this album with the heavier songs we don't get to a ballad on this record until about track six and even then there's still like sort of heavy riffs going on in the ballad it, it builds up to something it goes somewhere whereas previous flaw ballads tended to just sort of okay this is the ballad so just keep going for the next four minutes it's got a my ticket home vibe at times because new metal was on the way back in right in 2016 everybody was excited for that style that they used to listen to when they were younger and yeah, I think I can stop making fun of Fred Durst now. Everybody just loved new metal, and they were embracing it again. But there were all these bands putting out albums that showed everyone how much we all loved new metal. And there's times on this album that it's got a Demon Hunter vibe with the vocals, the way he does that staccato, aggressive, heavy vocal. 
Yes, it's got rhythm, so that rhythmic delivery we always talk about. Is it influenced by hip-hop? Is it influenced by new metal? Is it influenced by punk? It doesn't matter. It's the new metal formula, and in 2016, it sounds like the modern new metal sound. It sounds like what we're going to get for a few years and are still getting from many bands that are back to embracing this style. There are. I think that they really were part of the sort of resurgence. I don't want to say they were like, you know, the reason why <laughs> new metal came back. They showed uh, up in their van and represented, right? We're flaw. Well, these poor guys trying to get their van. <laughs> I, I, my heart goes out to them. But um, I think from a production standpoint, from a songwriting standpoint, and just from a sequencing standpoint, Through the Eyes is my favorite, but I think this record is the best record, if that makes sense. Like, it's the most fully realized idea. Like, it's exactly what you would have wanted out of the third Flaw album after the first two. Homegrown's cool, but I feel like Homegrown's purpose was just to show record labels what the band was capable of. Whereas this is a much more focused effort and the band sort of picking up where they left off officially. I really think this is like 100% where the band should have like if they would have put this out in 2006 and persevered look it probably would have still been bad because even in 2006 nobody would have cared but you're in 2016 now and people do still kind of care about this kind of music so now you're on the upward swing and I'm actually excited be like oh flaw still around and they still sound like this this is so fucking cool where are we gonna go from here endangered species has some good songs that fit in the shuffle but the album is not as solid as through the eyes this album is solid if you go from through the eyes to this then you're getting the best flaw you could possibly get and i think it's the best way to look at it if the band is going to start over they are going to start over but they're going to give you the modern version of the first thing they gave you that heavy baritone melodic new metal and what's bad about that i'm excited for new flaw and in 2019 i'm gonna get volume four because of the brave actually it's because if you call it volume three you're gonna get sued by slipknot i think it's actually technically it's volume let's see we had two independent albums then we had uh through the eyes then we had endangered species then we had um oh shit we had that other one homegrown right so this is actually volume this is volume six or volume seven volume seven sir this is volume seven so we're, we're off by three but i understand why maybe they're not going to talk about those records right <laughs> i mean we barely did so what are you gonna what are you gonna do so the first thing i'm gonna do before i talk about the thing that everybody wants me to talk about with this record um i'm gonna judge it for for what it is i'm gonna judge it for what i'm hearing and then how i feel like it relates to flaw I think this record is just a hair short. Okay. I think this record is just a little bit behind the last one, but is still very, very, very solid. It, it sort of picks up that 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 resurgence of, of, of new metal. There's more new metal riffing in this. Uh, there is less ballads. This band is starting to this band is starting to look around and be all like, you know what? We can still write heavy songs and not have to worry about the fact that we're not, you know, the most brutalist, heaviest band like that exists. We can combine our hard rock sensibilities with this new metal sound. And uh, we've been around for such a long time now that like people are going to be looking to us for sort of like, yeah, these guys were, you know, these guys have been these guys have been in the old school and they're part of the new school and they're killing it. They yeah, at this point, you want to look at bands like Flaw as innovators, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but they're not. Um, they, they're really just around because they had a really disjointed history and then finally was able to find their footing, which I'm happy about. Uh, but I think that they're putting out the best stuff that they've ever put out at this particular era of their career, and they're reinvigorated and they're renewed. Mostly heavy songs, only a couple of ballads here. They killed it. It's the best follow-up album you can get for a band that is coming back from nothing. And if you want to cherry-pick your albums, I stand by what I said on the previous one. This is the third best flaw record. It's right behind the last one. It's not as solid. It feels disjointed at times, but I don't hate it. You could pick on some of the musical ideas for not fitting in with the vocals, 
but that's an old school criticism. It's very new metal to to find something wrong with the baritone lead singer who's doing his best Fear Factory impression. As an album, it's good. I like it. It's difficult to embrace it, knowing what came from... Well, let's talk about the plagiarism controversy, shall we? Oh boy. Okay. So, as we've discussed, Flaw's had a lot of problems up until now. I mean, this band has, like, I think, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... The fans had like 20 former members. That's typically not a good sign. (laughs) Um, So needless to say, the reason why this band sounds so reinvigorated after all these years is because there's been a lot of new blood in the band. This happens all the time with legacy acts. I think they've been around long enough for us to call them a legacy act, right? The problem is, is sometimes you might get somebody in a band. And I think all of us who have been in bands in the past have dealt with this at some point in our career. And that is the dude that comes to band practice and is like, dude, I wrote this amazing riff. Check this out. And then, you know, if you're if you're really on top of it, you're like, no, dude, that's killing in the name of by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> right. Or that's this or or and sometimes it's totally innocent. Sometimes it's like, dude, you know what? That sounds too similar to this other thing. I don't think we could get away with using this. Right. That's the politically correct way of saying it. Well, what happened to Flaw is they put this record out and pretty much immediately they had some metal guitar YouTubers start claiming that the band stole their music, stole their instrumental tracks. And of course the band, you know, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. How could this happen? Uh, and then their singer eventually came forward and said, yeah, um, we, we were completely unaware of this. There's a guy in the band that writes, he's like, I'm the singer. I just write the lyrics. Um, we had, we had no idea that these things, that these were plagiarized and it wasn't just one YouTuber. It was like several others. And eventually the basis of the band admitted to everybody that he's the one that plagiarized and um, that, that basically like, yeah, it was all his responsibility not to hold it against the rest of the band. But man, this is one of those things that I don't necessarily hold flaw as an entity responsible. I do think that this guy pulled some bullshit and unfortunately it was able to get so far past the quality control department that now it's a problem that they have to deal with. If you're writing your newest album, you're not paying attention to what other people write, record, and post on YouTube. This is something that happens when you didn't do your homework and you're trying to get that song written while you're sitting on the bus getting ready to report to first period. So I can't say anything nice about it, It's hard to like the record, knowing that they stole pieces of this. But at the end of the day, if I'm listening to the album and if all of that's settled now, this is not the first record to be written by someone else. So purely from a music standpoint, yes, it's good. Yes, I like it. It's just a hard pill to swallow, knowing that the person whose job it was to write the music showed up one day with someone else's work and just couldn't admit it. That bothers me because you want to be able to call out your friends when they accidentally copy that band that you all listened to last week. But if you can't trust the guy who you pay to show up and play the bass, to show up with original ideas, that's a problem. There has to be more to that story than we know, but it's just tough. It's tough to listen to this album and enjoy it knowing that there's issues. But thankfully, it's not the only album that we have by this band, so it's not the biggest issue for me for the band as a whole. That's hard because, in my opinion, that was the last good one. I know you and I are going to be... You and I are going to be opposing views on this, but uh, whenever whenever we roll into 2022, the band's newest album, which is ironically called Revival, I'm not... I'm not sure about this one, Joe. I like the songs, but I'm going to steal a word from you. Disjointed as fuck. This is the strangest pile of random ideas that have been thrown together in a long time. Pieces of this are good, but let's talk about the first track, Broken. Props to you guys for embracing another new metal trope, naming a song Broken. It's a story-based ballad 
that opens up the record. If you've seen the video, the video is a 2022 green screen extravaganza. It's great. This sounds like a joke compared to everything else this band has recorded. And I love it. It's a great fucking song. But the album does not stay in this my darkest days mindset. It goes everywhere. And I'm going to give them a bit of a bypass because it's 2022 and we all know how the last two years were. I just don't know that that's the reason why it's so disjointed. I just think that the dude sounds tired. This is going to sound really, really, really mean, but like he doesn't sound as like immediate and vibrant. Look, I'm trying to say old. He sounds old on this record. (laughs) That's really, really, really mean. And I know, and I apologize and I'm a bad person and I'll just get all that shit out of the way before you have to tell me these things. Uh, but this just this is just a a collection of songs. They don't even sound like flaw. This this doesn't sound like the same band. Don't get me wrong. Once you get to track ten or eleven, they cover a couple of flaw songs, right? Wow, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They re-record some classics. Ugh, uh, but that's they, a problem. Yeah, they're covering themselves, and unfortunately, it's this this lineup that's that's covering the song. So they're like shittier versions of those songs. This is not as bad as like, uh, you know, in flames, re-recording songs off of Clayman, but, uh, it is, it is a little, it's a little much. And, uh, hey, yeah, hey, I mean, I like, hey, I like, Hey, let me, uh, they want us to record one more song for the album. What are we going to do? Let's just play Ace of Spades then. Really? You want to record a new version of Ace of Spades? No, I'm going to record Ace of Spades. I wrote it. I can play it again. It's fine. End scene. Yeah, I guess. I don't I don't know what the deal like is this is this just for the old flaw song fans that are like, what the fuck is going on with this record? This is like, yeah, 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 but here, here's a here's a re recorded version of Get It or Get Up Again, you know, right? Like let's do it. You know, let's let's do let's do Get Up Again. Uh again. We couldn't even be bothered to write songs that were similar to the style of of, of what fans would expect. But um I'm sorry, but I just I think this is a shitty record. I'm sorry. I don't usually I don't usually use the term shitty record. Um, is there anything technically wrong with it? I mean, there's a weird cover of Every Breath You Take on it, which just to me comes across as more creepy than the original. So perfect, good job. Um, but yeah, I think track seven really sums it up for me. I don't care anymore. I was worried in the middle that it was going to just turn into a cover album. It's one of the first things I said to you when we started talking about this band. Is this just a cover CD? Are these all somebody else's songs? And some of them are Flaws songs, so maybe. I mean, I can't believe you would throw out an accusation like, are these just somebody else's songs? <laughs> no, sorry, I thought I, I thought I got past it, but I didn't get past it. It's I, I, I'm, I guess my issue is I can't figure out why this band exists anymore. Especially if it's going to sound like this. You can't tell me, for all the Flaw fans that are listening to this episode or found it on Reddit or something and are now like super, super pissed off that two guys that you don't even know said something bad about your baby. But the thing is, is that you're not being honest with yourself if you think that the new Flaw album is the best one and that you don't secretly wish that they sounded like they used to sound. And I'm just going to leave it there. That's that's all I have to say. Final thoughts on Flaw, Dan. Listen to like album one, two. Listen to the independent albums at your own discretion. Uh, listen, li- yeah, listen to listen to Through the Eyes. You know, listen to Endangered Species. Listen to Divided We Fall, and listen to I don't know. You can listen to Volume Four. It's a good record. They just didn't write all of it themselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it it's they, they've got a decent amount of albums, and this is usually where we ask a question of of does the good outweigh the bad. I don't think that it does in this particular case. I think that, like, yeah, the band has put out some good songs, but, like, one of the questions I ask myself, and I never really repeat this on the show, but this is a question that I ask myself, is how different would I be as a music listener if I had never heard Flaw? And the answer is I'd be exactly the same, man. Like, this band did not have any type of influence on me that would require or that, that would cause me to feel a certain way about music or to change how I felt about music. Um, they, they, they literally just did sort of the same thing that other bands did, and they did everything in their damn power to keep it together, which is respectable. But whenever you've gone through 20 band members and, and you know, your, your first album came out in 2001, it's 21 years later, and you're still around, but you still haven't really achieved the success that you were looking for back then, 
I, I would almost maybe try my hand at something else. Now come back 10 years later whenever this podcast hasn't hit a certain level and tell me the same thing. <laughs> I like Flaw. I think they have some good albums. I think the discography as a whole is all over the place. And I don't mean all over the place like Psycho Stick writing a random pile of songs and calling it their newest album this week. I mean, the band does sound like they creatively struggled, but maybe they just creatively tried to get along. And despite the controversy with one of the albums, there's some good music here. There's some really good records. They might not change your life, but you will have a good time listening to them. And anytime you have a baritone vocalist like this, who doesn't try to go outside the box... It can be one of the most relaxing experiences you can have if you need a break from all the insanity. And it's new metal. It's new metal May. That's why we're here. I don't stop listening to new metal when June 1st rolls around. I'm just excited we got to talk about Flaw this year. It's been a long time coming. And they might not be the end all. They are flawed. But you should still be listening to this band. So check out Flaw. You'll have a good time. Ah, so it's not just a clever name then. <laughs> Damn, what's your album of the week? I mean, I've got to get off of this like alternative metal, new metal train because uh, unlike Joe, once June 1st hits, I kind of do stop listening to new metal for a while. Sure, I still listen to Fred and the Boys, you know, whenever I feel like it, you can't stop me. But my album of the week is Terminus by Circleback because Circleback is eternal. I picked up the Gehrig by the who months ago it's been a few months since i got to listen to it in its entirety and despite some of the extra songs they added to the deluxe edition i think this album is one of the most interesting metal records i've heard in a long time if you've been on the internet for less than two years you know who the who are and no i don't mean the who i mean the who if you're confused yet Check out the show notes where I'll have my album of the week listed. It's Mongolian metal, and like Apocalyptica before them, they don't embrace the distortion right out of the gate. So it's a different kind of heavy. It's an acoustic, let's just beat everyone over the head with everything but distortion. Real vibes on this one. And it's just, it's brutal, dude. I don't know if you've gotten to listen to the whole record yet, but it's amazing. I haven't, I haven't gotten completely through it yet. Remember the first time I sat you down and made you listen to all of Inquisition Symphony? Yep, I remember. <laughs> Same but I liked vibe. it. But I liked it because it was the name of a Sepultura song. Refuse and Resist. And it was cool. Well, no, Inquisition Symphony. That's, a, that's also a Sepultura song. Take us out, DFT. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Discography Discussion. If you guys want to reach out to us, give us some comments, thoughts, concerns, or band recommendations, send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can find us any time of the day, any time of the night on our Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you right to our Discord server. Hope to see you guys there. New Metal May is over for this month. We are going to get back to some brutal fucking metal here very, very, very soon. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. And if you want to join us on our Patreon, we've got some awesome perks over there, including monthly hangouts with Joe and I, where we play games, we talk about life, we talk about what you want to talk about. We take your suggestions, your insults, your love, your high fives, and your face punches. We have so much fun with those. We love the hangouts. You should come hang out with us. In addition to that, you can also get access to, what, over 200-something uh, weekly album reviews? That's additional content. So if you like what we do, there's more of it over on Patreon. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you again next week. And on that note, this has been episode 275 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you're not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. I'm stuck at Jeff's house. I need money for gas. $1 a month will get you into that exclusive album review feed. $3 will get you a shout out. Love it. Metal! Metal!